We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Thursday evening, approximately two weeks away from exactly the exact moment when the Chargers will be picking uh, at the 21st overall pick. Maybe they'll trade back. We'll see what happens there. But uh, <laughs> two weeks out, man. Tyler, how you how you feeling about everything and how you doing tonight? Ooh, feeling good. A bit stressed, though. Like, we have to get through the cornerback class. We got to get through the offensive tackles. So we still got to watch some film um, I'm feeling a lot better than I did last year at this point where I just felt like I was like taping my eyes open to get through <laughs> some late guys. But like finishing out with the corner group is a lot of fun. If I had to finish out with linebackers, like you would do the show without me. I wouldn't participate. <laughs> um, so I'm happy we're, I'm finishing out things with like on a high note because these guys are good. Yeah, absolutely. I think the offensive tackle class is, is pretty good as well. So it's a big give and take, right? Because, you know, we covered the Chargers and they were on a playoff run. And it was a lot more fun until the, the end of the game, obviously. But, yeah. you know, in previous years when we've done the podcast, we had started draft coverage like in November. <laughs> like I, I remember Grady and Panay Sewell, uh, like literally in November, like he was the first guy I watched in that class. Mm-hmm. The Chargers were three and seven or whatever it was that year. So, yeah. um, you know, it was it was great to cover a playoff run, you know, obviously. But then at the same time, like we're two weeks away. We still have two position groups to wrap up. So. Uh, I know you've talked about revisiting like Zay Flowers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've revisited some guys recently. So, you know, wrapping things up. But at the same time, it's a little stressful because we're, you know, we're two weeks out here. and We've got to, you know, be able to have 
everything set in stone, big board episode coming down the road. So big, big give and take, obviously, like you said. Yeah, it felt like we had not enough time and then a lot of time because everything was over, free agency ended. So we just do one, you know, prospect, whatever rankings per day. And then all of a sudden, oh, I need another week. And then we're, I mean, we're trying to get a lot of things done. We'll be able to talk about that soon. But like, we have a lot coming up in the next two weeks. And so it's a bit stressful, but it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. Uh, you know, the draft is is one of my favorite times of year. You know, this year, I will say like, we're starting to get like a little bit like CJ Stroud stuff, but I feel like this is the first year in a while that there's like no big like made up character concerns. I mean, obviously <laughs> Jalen Carter has like legitimate character concerns, but right, you know, like every single cycle, there's like, oh, like is Justin Herbert an alcoholic? Is he a team leader? You know, is yeah. Justin Fields like that guy? Like, I feel like this year we're kind of we don't have that this year, which I think is is good. I think it's a good indication of of how far we've come in, in uh, draft coverage over the past few years. It's a surprise because there's a several quarterbacks, at least compared to last class, where like these guys will go early. They should go early. So it's not here anything. You know, maybe because Carolina sort of took some of that drama out and they just moved up. Um, yeah. I don't know. But it's surprising to not hear anything else. But I'm, I'm happy. Although, Brett Coleman, I was watching their Q&A stream. And not, he didn't throw any shade. I'm not saying that. But... He said that he was talking to a random Packers fan that I think he talks to in his Discord. I think that Packers fan is also a content creator. And he just said, hey, I'm just letting you know ahead of time, have fun on draft night because something fun's coming your way. I don't know what it is, but something exciting is going to be happening with the Packers, I guess, on draft night. So that's the only thing I've heard that's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. But it's not a bad thing, but it's a fun thing. I, I wanted to bring that up. I would have to think that that's like when the Aaron Rodgers deal gets done because I mean I don't think the Packers are I don't think the the Jets are going to get that first round pick, but like the the they're going to want to have like day two picks settled. So mm -hmm. you know it sounds like those two sides are kind of you know dug in right now. But I I, I think eventually that that does get done. Have you been paying attention to like the S two cognitive test stuff that's been going around? Uh, no, only a Hayden Wings article where he's like, <laughs> go outside, touch some grass or whatever. That was, was a good, that was a good touch. That was a good touch. Yeah, yeah. So apparently there's, you know, they used to have the Wonderlick test, which everybody mm -hmm. used to have to take. And this year it's like an S2 cognitive test. So like, I don't know if you've seen the videos of the Chargers players, like touching the dots, like in the off season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And, um, what like Duke Mannyweather posted recently. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a similar test that like they've been doing, I guess, at the, at the combine now for that. It's called an S2 cognitive test. And uh, apparently CJ Stroud scored like really, really low. And so now there's a bunch of stuff coming from Houston and the, the writers in Houston that are like saying that they're going to pass on CJ Stroud if the Panthers take Bryce Young and that they would take Will Anderson at number two. I mean, Which again, yeah. could be like, could be a lot of smoke like the Addison stuff from today, for example. Yeah. Um, can the Houston Tech like who's going to allow them to continue to not take a quarterback? Right. Like, right. do they have a set? They have a pick at twelve. They do. So theoretically, they could then trade up and get Richardson or Levis. But you know, what if the Lions want to go trade up? What if the Seahawks want to go trade up? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Daniel Jeremiah pointed this out. It's like anytime we have a, a team with like two first round picks that need a quarterback. There's like this late surge of like, oh, like maybe they'll take so and so and <laughs> yeah. wait on a quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, every time that that team needs a quarterback, they just take a quarterback with the first pick because that's just 
it's just much easier to fill in the gaps after that. Yeah. They're taking a or they're they're trading out or taking <laughs> a quarterback. Like there's no way. They they can't they can't what was it? Is it Mills still? Is he the key? Yes. Mills and then they sign um Case Keenum to be their backup. So you're gonna start Mills or Case Keenum for a whole season? Like, sure, that probably gets you into Caleb Williams stock next year, but also like you gotta start mm. Davis Mills and Ken, Case Keenum all year long. <laughs> I guess that's fair, though. I mean, if you really do want Caleb Williams, I'm I'm fascinated by the tank that could happen this year for one Caleb Williams because yeah. it seems like he's worth it. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, unfortunately, I have to watch him carve up Utah this year, probably. So, <laughs> All right, so uh, enough general talk here. Hopefully you guys uh, are locked and loaded, ready for this episode. This has been a, a bit of a a love child for for Tyler here covering uh, a lot of the different data points, physical profiles uh, for the Chargers and kind of looking for prototypes in this specific class. So uh, Tyler and, and Arjun as well uh, have, have been doing a lot of great work in terms of physical profiles. Tyler here tonight, we're going to be talking about um, specifically for the Chargers and specifically at four positions. Arjun released a new website or app or whatever covering basically every team uh, and actually posted a screenshot that the website crashed after the first few hours that he posted it. So um, definitely go check that out if you want to look at potentially who other teams are potentially looking mm -hmm. at. So um, this, like I said, we're talking about specific Chargers fits. And this has been all done by Tyler. Uh, I would wish I could take <laughs> some credit for it. But uh, Tyler has been scouring the, the web for physical profile and testing and stuff like that. So I'm excited to uh, dive into all of this with you, Tyler. Yeah, I made a, a PowerPoint on slides go and Arjun invented an entire coded application. So one of us a different is, level. Yeah. <laughs> different things for sure. But I hope you like my presentation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, we were messaging back and forth about this like a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago about this idea of like looking at who the chargers were going to be taking out. And I think part of this is just because there's not a super clean fit for this team. Exactly um you know in the first round so it's important to really get like every single ounce of information mm -hmm. in this specific draft class because the chargers really don't have a way that they're leaning uh at, at least that we know there's not a clear-cut candidate or position that they could be looking at so making sure you have all the information i think is important in, the, in this specific class and uh hopefully this helps fill in some more gaps yeah, that was really the whole point of it. And I, I became obsessed with this because I just <laughs> initially wanted to look at like maybe wide receiver and edge rusher. But you know, the more I went into more into it, the more I realized like this is kind of fun. And I think it's a bit interesting. I trust our viewers. I, I think the Guilty as Charged community of listeners, like they're smart and they'll figure out that like this is not rocket science. This is not something that's going to hold up to criticism or scrutiny. Um, but it's just a different way for us to look at these prospects. And like you said, figure out just anything we can about these guys because you know who's the most popular mocked player to the chargers outside of Bijan? it's zay flowers okay but then or maybe it's jordan addison now right now it's jordan right now it's yeah addison. so but we talk about these players as if like okay like the tom plus was going to do that but our thing for a while and even just going back to last year is like okay but does this fit what the chargers want and and some of this with like edge rusher, we knew like arm length, 33 inches, boom. That's just kind of been the thing for them. But I want we wanted to go into more depth with this and just kind of try to bring you guys something different, a different way to look at the draft and just a different way to, if you're betting, for example, or if you're just trying to figure out, 
you know, what the Chargers would do. Or like for me, something we like about the composite rankings as well for stats is we like to find guys that maybe later on are better fits or guys that aren't really yeah. talked about who either we should talk about and watch film on or maybe we should start mocking to the Chargers um, because of physical profiles, because of particular stats. So it's fun. I, I think that I-, I love the comments that we get where it's like, I agree with you. I disagree with you. Either way, I respect the effort and work that you guys put in. And I think with you know going as far back as hiring Arjun for analytics to doing composite rankings, to doing yeah. all 22, watching the film, now something like this. I mean, I've, I've sorted and ranked and done the physical profiles for 94 players compared to like historical data for like 10 years. Um, this is what we like doing. Like this nerdy stuff, I think is yeah. a lot of fun. And like half the audience won't care. I think the other, <laughs> ha- I think the other half of you is going to think this is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's our group, right? Like that's, that's our niche is, is this, this bridge between like film and, and mm-hmm. data, which I think we've been able to really kind of carve out over the past couple of years. And this is, this is the next big step. And I, I'm excited for you because at this time next year, you won't have to do, you know, 10 years back worth of data. You'll just have to add like one or two more players and then update <laughs> the prospect true. list. So that's um, true. This is gonna be a lot of fun. I'm very excited about this. Obviously I've seen the the whole sheet that you've done. Our discord mm-hmm. members have access to the whole sheet as well. So, you know, if we don't cover a specific prospect that you guys are interested in, Tyler has shared the whole sheet to members of our Discord. So definitely go uh, check that out. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a great resource here. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of this, the higher profile players. But at the same time, you know, there's 20 receivers on the on the, the sheet that Tyler has created. So definitely uh, join the Discord, the Discord and check that out. Yeah, I believe I ended up going to 34 receivers. I went all, all right. the way to like, <laughs> yeah, I went all the way to, for most positions, to like the 200th ranks player on the consensus board for wide receivers i went all the way to 300 so um now i'm sure i'll miss the guy at 400 the charges end up speaking <laughs> but i, I there's only so much i didn't have that much time off on spring break okay yeah no uh dane brugler i was listening to the athletic football show they were talking about the receivers and dane brugler was asked like who his favorite day three sleeper was and he was like oh some guy some guy from west florida i was like all right dane sounds good man <laughs> yeah yesterday was the day i figured out that texas a&m commerce is a school <laughs> i'd never heard of that and then there's a guy that's eligible in this draft there we go all right tyler so let's uh let's dive in here let's get started yeah so just really quickly um here's kind of the methodology behind it i took the average testing data of the most notable players across certain time frames so if you're a telesco draft pick you were on this already um if you're a notable signing so eddie royal uh sebastian joseph day that sort of thing mm-hmm. you're on there we also, when we when it came to tight ends and wide receivers, we looked at Kellen Moore Cowboys. So kind of a smaller sample size, but just the guys that he's used to working with. Um, and then Brandon Staley Rams. I could have gone back to the Bears and maybe the Broncos, but I just feel like he was just the outside linebackers coach there. I feel like with the Rams, we get a better idea of who they want, um, who he's used to working with. That's more his thing. vision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we have 94 prospects in each category, 28 from edge, 14 from interior defensive line, 14 tight ends, 38 wide receivers. Um, and they got a point, each of these prospects got a point if they scored better than the average. So that's like the average of all the notable players across a certain time frame for the Chargers or the Rams or whatever um, made an average. If you scored higher than that or better than that, right? Because like time you want slower, jumps you want higher, that sort of thing. If you're better than average, you got a point. Um, and then I tiered each position group into prototype fits. So perfect was like the quote unquote best score you could have gotten, the perfect fit. 
it doesn't necessarily mean they got a 10 out of 10. It just means they were the highest scoring players. And then they were tiered from there. So highest scoring player or prospect was in the perfect tier, you know, and then clustered to the next tier and so on. So great, good, average, below average, poor, uh, and then no fit slash lack of testing. The one awful thing for this is that there is the lack of testing. Someone like BJ Ojolari didn't test in three categories. So because this is a did you score the point or not sort of thing, yeah. he's going to be like in a bad category because he literally did not test. Um, and then Dalton Kincaid has no testing at all outside of like, I just didn't no offense, but there's no point in putting him on here because there was no nothing to go off of. So he wouldn't be on anything outside of poor or no fit. So that's that. Again, like Steven said, this is um, the actual sheet, the Google sheet, which is a beast of a disgusting looking thing to to stare at. That's available <laughs> to our Discord members. I'll kind of repost that, but it's pinned in our link in the draft discussion. So that's that. And I'm ready to get into Edge Rusher if you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. So just again, like Tyler is talking about here, this is all of the different notable names here. So you're talking about, you know, Cleo Mack, obviously Leonard Floyd, Kyler Fackrell, to mm-hmm. Jeremiah Tauchu, Kyle, Man- Kyle Emanuel, Joey Bosa. This is the whole, you know, group. Obviously, Melvin Ingram, who t- Tom Telesco inherited as well. So um, this is a bit of an underrated need that we've kind of highlighted on our show. Um, obviously, a lot of fans want receiver tight end in the first round. This is a really strong edge rusher class as well. Um, but there are very specific attributes that, that Brandon Sadie is going to be looking for. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was a, a certain Georgia Tech edge rusher from uh, who's invited to draft night. And people are like, oh, like, is, that, <laughs> is this guy a, a fit for the Chargers? Like, would he be a, a possibility at 21? It's like, maybe. But I think this this kind of uh, project will really help kind of clarify what kind of players we're looking at as potential fits for the Chargers. Yeah, well said. At the end of this presentation, we'll get to the kind of players that they would take at 21. Yes, some of them are definitely reaches, obviously. Um, but we have to consider everything, right? We, we really just do not know. Telesco doesn't reach too far in the first round. It tends to be like that round three is the biggest reach. Um, <laughs> I think I even showed that statistically last year. But um, first round's typically within a certain range of like seven, I believe, up or down. Sure. Um, but still, we had to get into those guys. So edge rushers first. And the perfect fit belongs to one and one player only. That is Will McDonald out of Iowa State. I think everyone saw that he tested super, super well. Um, the notable trait I have here, again, there's, I think, nine, yes, there's nine traits here. Will McDonald tested um, above average in eight out of nine of them compared to the prototype that the Chargers have had. Um, the big one that really separates edge rushers and defensive tackles from each other is the um, is the arm length. And for the Chargers, it tends to be 33 inches. Um, the exact average is 32.88 inch arms, basically 33 inch arms. If you don't have that threshold, uh, it's unlikely that you're going to be on the team. Now, someone like Kyle Van Noy in our data was on there, and he I think he has like either 32 or 31 and a half inch arms. Yeah. Um, but he's also technically a linebacker um, as well. So it's kind of tough to parse that exactly. And then Morgan Fox is drafted sort of as a, as a defensive end. He's got shorter arms. We'll get into that later. Um, but Will McDonald fits the perfect category. Then next is Lucas Van Ness in the great category, the next best category. So you really got those two jockeying for like the best physical profile fits. Will McDonald being the clear best, then Lucas Van Ness. And then from there, a lot of guys in the third category, I believe there's seven categories, but Miles Murphy, Isaiah Foskey, Derek Hall, Isaiah McGuire, Habakkuk Baldonado. Yaya Diaby, Thomas Incoom, 
Tavius, um, Tavius Robinson and Ikena and that's Chuk- Wow. Um, yeah, we've definitely, <laughs> I haven't watched all those guys. So I, I couldn't tell you much about them, right. but, um, what stands out to you in this in particular case? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the first is kind of the notable omission, right? And that's Nolan Smith, who's not on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he could be long gone, obviously. But, um, you know, a lot of people have kind of penciled him in as like a, a very typical Chargers fit. And I think from a character standpoint, like that's that's probably true. I mean, he's like a mathematician and stuff like that. And, you know, captain of Georgia, like from a character standpoint, he probably checks totally. a lot of boxes from a physical standpoint, you know, I think you're talking about him missing like the typical weight. You're talking about him missing the arm length, I believe. Um, obviously, he tested like a, a freak in terms of speed and jumping. So that's the notable omission here. And then I also think we probably should point out, too, that one of the key differences here that you did or it, that Arjun did and you didn't do is age for the first round mm-hmm. selections as well. So maybe that could impact some things like Lucas Van Ness is obviously younger, but um just wanted to point out those two things yeah will mcdonald being older as well so i guess in that regard will mcdonald might be like eight out of ten if we included age and lucas van ness would be eight out of ten so they'd be more tied here uh but age was like a, a tough one nor did i care to google that um, <laughs> i could go ahead. well and that's that's tough too because it's like well, kyle emmanuel was probably like 25 when he was drafted and you know kenneth murray's 20 so you know that can mm-hmm. really skew some people as well yeah, um, Zeus era pointing this out uh, again, players who did not test or who did not have a complete testing profile mm-hmm. are not on this list. So BJ Ojolari, maybe if he had a full testing profile, he could be on this list, but he's not right now because he didn't do enough testing pro- uh, mm-hmm. profiles. You know, again, Dalton Kincaid later on, he's not on the tight end list. So this is just players who we have a full, uh, complete picture uh, of these players. So I will say in terms of the round one types, we can get into this later probably, but um, mm-hmm. the round two types here, I mean, you're talking about Isaiah Foskey, Derek Call, Isaiah McGuire, all players who kind of are in that, you know, 54 range potentially uh, for the Chargers too. So I think if the Chargers do pass on an edge rusher in round one, I think this list and, and film as well would lend itself towards uh, projecting a, a pretty positive picture in round two for the Chargers in terms of edge rushers. Yeah, Isaiah Foskey is definitely a player that I think I'm not saying he's like Michael Mayer. It's funny because they're both from Notre Dame. But <laughs> I feel like everyone just kind of wants a different trait. Like Michael Mayer is sort of not everyone's favorite because maybe they want, you know, Darnell Washington or, or Dalton Kincaid or Luke Musgrave who just do different things. But Foskey is just solid, if nothing else. I don't think he's like an exceptional pass rusher, but Notre Dame guy, great against the run fits the physical profile for the most part for them like that is a player that i would start considering i don't have them i don't have foskey like in the discussion of taking him at 21 i think that would be uh irresponsible to say the least at that point yeah but it is you know someone worth considering to start considering in round two and that's the thing like this list you know when you guys get the whole list if you're in discord you'll kind of be able to start sorting through when we get to you know round like even just looking at this list, you know, we start getting to round four. Okay, who's available? You're starting looking at Yaya Diaby. You're looking at Thomas Incombe as some guys who do fit their physical profiles that they're looking for rather than just like, I don't know, I'm going to just take my favorite edge rusher. It's not that simple. So I think looking like at rankings like this is helpful. Um, some people are asking about Robert Beal Jr. Uh, I did watch him, and he is currently my lowest graded prospect. Like overall or at edge? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, overall. <laughs> um, it, well, he barely played first off, and I think yeah. he had... His cutups are like four minutes long. Yeah, there's not much there. I think he started six games in like three years or something, um, yeah. and he's just not great. I, I tried to watch him, um, and again, it does seem like a Staley guy, right? Georgia, length, the physical profile, some of that's generally there. Um, and he was like a top recruit coming out of high school, but the film ain't there. And he was, he hasn't stuck even in college um, and has developed no yeah. pass rush move. So not, that sounds very harsh. And he is the lowest graded player for me. Um, but he does, he does fit a lot of things that they would look for. Yeah. Um, he is in the physical prototype as well, but he's, he's pretty far down that list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who was I getting to? Oh yeah. Ojalari. I think I already said this, but three things were missing from him and then he only hit the arm length and broad jump physical threshold for that anyway. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was exactly close either. Yeah. yeah and then I, I mentioned him earlier. I don't know if you want to talk about like guys who didn't make it, but, uh, Keon white has mm-hmm. apparently a good amount of fans around the league. Um, I frankly do not see it. Um, that's one of the players that I am like most like confused about in this class. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the categories that he hits, he's in the lowest tier in terms of like physical prototypes for for the, like what we're talking about here. So um, he's not even close to like the good category. So um, I would be pretty surprised if they took Keon White in the first round. Yeah, that one was a surprise for me when he tested because I just felt like the thing with him was he's not a great prospect right now he's literally just learning how to play the position they kind of moved him and tried him at edge rusher at d tackle some even have him as an interior defensive lineman right now you know but i still figured that okay like he has these tools these physical tools so it was a bit of a surprise that he didn't test through the roof because he was supposed to be sort of like a, a muma last not muma oh gosh who's the player from minnesota last year the edge rusher oh uh boy Mafe. Boye Mafe, not even close. Boye Mafe, though, like I figured it'd be something like that where he tests really, really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he didn't even really quite do that. So we'll consider him, you know, later at 21 because I think it's sort of worth bringing up. And I, I could see him going to like the Chiefs or something in the first round. Um, but at 21, I don't see it. Yeah, I agree. And then um, again, Miles Murphy, I think, is is worth talking about there as well. So somebody who checks a good amount of boxes has a decent chance of being there for the Chargers. Um, and if he is there, I'm running that card in personally. Yeah, as am I. And I think with Miles Murphy, we'll get to this a bit later, but he also didn't test in one category. So he could very well easily be with Lucas Van Ness right there. Um, he just didn't test in one category. Um, Yaya Diabe didn't test in two. Um, so we'll get to that later. And it's on the sheet. But Miles Murphy, if he's there at 21. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You'd have to convince me that the receiver that you pick up is the second coming of, of well, Keenan Allen, I guess. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. Miles Murphy is awesome. Yeah. All right, Tyler, should we get to the next group here? Absolutely. The one that no one wants to talk about, no one asked for, <laughs> but interior defensive line. Um, it's sort of the same thing, but actually even more so. And this one I think is very important to talk about because Chargers fans are starting to pick up this thing about Kalijah Kansi, and I feel like he's really moved up, up and up and up to the point where people are like first-round pick, top 15 maybe, you know, top 20 player. Um, I do not have him as a top 20 player personally. I do think you have to defend the run a bit more. But the biggest conversation with someone like Kansi is arm length and the size. And honestly, if he went to Notre Dame, I don't think a single Chargers fan would think he's the next Aaron Donald. But (laughs) they think he's the next anybody else. But he went to Pitt and therefore Aaron Donald is the comparison. Um, Who is someone he's compared against, right? So... Um, the the interesting one here is the notable trait of 33 and a half inch arms. So even more so than edge rusher, the defensive tackles for the Chargers and the Rams have all had really long arms, like 33 and a half inches, uh, almost like was it three quarters of an inch more almost than um, the edge rushers. So you have more fits here, much better fits here, I think. Although no one scored an eight out of nine like um, Will McDonald. But the best fits were uh, Adetamiwa, Adeboare, Javon Dexter, Zach Pickens, and Colby Wooden. Those are in the perfect tier, followed by in the great tier, Kalaja Kansi, Keanu Benton, Mike Morris, Jalen Redmond, and Brian Brezee. Um, just to sort of talk about Kansi real quick, the arm threshold is obviously 33 and a half inches. The height is 75.5 inches, and the weight is 302 pounds. You look at Kalaja Kansi, those like the height weight arm length combos is where he all did not test above average. So 75 and a half, uh, 75 and a half inches for height. Usually for the defensive tackles, he's at 73. He's 21 pounds under what they're used to. And his arms are almost a full three inches shorter than the chargers Staley threshold. So, you know, I asked that on, on social media before we even thought about doing this, like, okay, if you want collage, Kansi, I get the player, but you need to like, explain to me how you're going to work around and why the Chargers would actually right. go for the significant difference in arm length. And of course, people were like, well, Aaron Donald had short arms. It was a whole mess. <laughs> uh, I don't know why people are so passionate about him, but I'm like, okay, even Aaron Donald, I think, and I can look at the the sheet that I have for him, his, his arm length was 32.625 inches. Like Aaron Donald's arms are two inches longer than one college of So I do think that Chargers fans who want Kalaja Kansi at 21, I'm not picking on you by any means. I just, I think when you're trying to project picks and we'll talk about this a lot with receiver, you got to look at the profile. And again, three inches shorter, 21 pounds heavier, heavier or lighter, I should say um, two and a half inches shorter in terms of height than they're used to. Yeah. You know, I'm cool if you want Kalaja Kansi, but then walk me through how they're going to clear that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Kalaja Kansi, I think I can understand like why he is getting first round hype for sure. I mean, he's incredibly disruptive as a pass rusher, but 
I mean, totally. you you watch like complete games, and and other teams are like going right at him. They're giving him the Jerry Tillery treatment, and like it's so <laughs> funny to me that like people like were so annoyed at how people would just run right at Jerry Tillery, and then mm-hmm. the same people are like, "Ah, oh, Kalijah Cansey, we need a difference making pass rusher." And it's like I agree, they do need more pass rushing from the interior, absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But you're gonna have the same exact complaints as Jerry Tillery to, with Kalijah Cansey, and probably more so. Like, I think Jerry Tillery, it was mostly an effort thing. Like, Kalijah Kansi just straight up does not have a run-defending profile. I mean, you're talking about a 280-pound defensive lineman with 30-inch arms. Like, mm-hmm. there's just there's just no way. I mean, you're looking at specifically some of these uh, defensive tackles outside of Morgan Fox, right? Like, uh, Otito Ogbonia, 34-inch arms. Sebastian Joseph Day, 34 inches. Linvaugh Joseph, 33 uh, Michael Brockers, 35, Sean Robinson, 34, even Jerry Tillery, 34. Like the mm-hmm. ability to lock and shed is such an important aspect of what the Chargers asked their defensive linemen to do. And there's just none of that with Kalijah Kansi, like just none of it. So like from an agility standpoint, from a speed standpoint, sure, he's going to hit those thresholds, but mm-hmm. arm length is so, so important for what the Chargers ask of their defensive linemen. Because they have to two-gap. They have to be able to exactly. have the ability to control blockers at the point of attack, take on double teams, shield them off, and be able to shed and make plays on the on the ball. There's none of that with Kalijah Kansi. So, yes, he fills a pass rushing need, 100%, I agree. Mm-hmm. But are you taking a first-round defensive tackle who's only going to play on second and third downs for you? Because he cannot play on first downs ever in his career, in my opinion. So... Um, you're taking a situational pass rusher in the first round. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, you'd have to start playing with the like, and Brandon Staley can convince anyone. He could sell me on anything, but he could walk up the podium if he he'd have to walk up to the podium and say he's going to be a stand up edge rusher for us, and that and right. he's going to be really good against the run or something, and we're going to work on this, this, and that or whatever. Um, but even then, like I, I just really wouldn't buy it as a pass rusher. Sure. Absolutely, but against the run, like you said, two gapping. I just don't, I don't buy that the Chargers would would go for that. You know, even Jerry Tillery, who was pushed around quite a bit, like they went after the arm length for a particular reason. He's 13, 14 pounds heavier. Um, funny enough, Jerry Tillery would have been in the like his own category on this pro- prototype fit. And by the way, we're not trying to say that like the best athletes are the best fits for the Chargers. Sure. We're just looking at the the physical profiles, but. You know, even Jerry Tillery compared to Kansi was 14 pounds heavier. And now you're telling me that guy with four inch shorter arms who isn't good against the running college as is, is going to now help the Chargers run defense. Like I just, I don't buy that. And I I do like, I do like Kansi. I think I have now have like top five in defensive tackles. I think you do as well. Yeah. Um, We do like him. It's just like, you, you gotta be able to play both. And with the Chargers and Brandon Staley, like you gotta be able to do two things. Um, but if anything, you got to be able to two gap and stop the run. Yeah, absolutely, and um, that's just super, super important. So um, I did not grade uh, Gervon Dexter or Gervon. I'm not sure how you said it. Um, Solomon pointed out that he was a higher rated recruit at defensive tackle than Jalen Carter was coming out of high school. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, he's he's athletic. Obviously, very, very athletic guy. Um, but as far as rating, wow, that's impressive. Were they both out of Florida or like were they from the same state or is it just like countrywide? 
Uh, you gun, don't, uh, I assume just countrywide and probably defensive tackle specific. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate because he's he's not Jalen Carter, but he's I mean he's a heck of a, an athlete and he's powerful yeah. and he's athletic. So I, I could see definitely where the physical dominance would be like. Those poor high school kids, man. Like Javon Dexter probably <laughs> destroyed those poor guys. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the, the video that went viral a couple of weeks ago. Um, okay, Solomon said both out of Florida. Um, the Brian Brzee's high school highlight tape went yes. viral <laughs> a couple weeks ago. It literally looked like, you know, a grown man against like junior varsity football players. It was so funny. Yeah, dude. I mean, and he was like what the number he was the number one recruit, I think, yeah. right? He, yeah. was. he was that showed. If you showed me that on tape, I mean, good lord. Yeah, yeah big, big dude. And Brian Brezzi, after all that, just on the good tier, yeah, behind eight other defensive tackles. It's really interesting. Yeah, which ones is he missing? He's missing the broad jump, so he could be one spot higher. Um, but that's in terms of not testing, and then what he's not there for in terms of the measurements is uh, weight by four pounds. Arm length by an inch, um, vertical by an inch, and then missing the broad jump. So it's really close. It, it is tough. Like some of these guys are off by two pounds, and it's like you didn't score there. But um, <laughs> you know, again, not perfect science on these. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one here. All righty, tight end. I looked at a fewer tight ends for this one compared to everybody else. I didn't look at thirty-four tight ends because why bother? Um, and no surprise, Zachary Koontz, um, I just watched him. He's a lot of fun. He measured in perfect. Um, Luke Musgrave fell into the great category and Darnell Washington into good. I was surprised to see Darnell Washington not be in the top tier category. But yeah, one, I think that's because Zachary Koontz was like another tier. Um, and then two, Darnell Washington, A, didn't test in the three cone. And then B, was four and a half inches shorter on the vertical compared mm. to the average. Um, Darnell Washington's vertical was 31 inches. Zachary Koontz, 40 inches. Yeah, I mean, Zach Koontz is like literally the most athletic tight end ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> the history of the combine. <laughs> um, but just to, to add some context here, uh, you know, you're talking about a bunch of different kind of players. Like Jared Cook is in this group. Virgil Green is in this group. Obviously, Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson. Um, so th- there's a there's a good amount of varying you know body types in this that I think you know lends itself towards a pretty yeah. accurate picture. Um, so Luke Musgrave, Zach Coons, Darnell Washington being atop this list, definitely not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking at the sheet overall, I was surprised that Sam Laporta um, didn't hit more categories, but you know he is kind of on the lighter side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was kind of my big surprise was like I said Sam Laporta, um, and then obviously Michael Mayer. Um, he's definitely more of like a culture film fit, um, specific need fit than like physical profile, but that's, that's not his game. Like people were really surprised that he didn't run super fast at the combine. It's like, but who did you watch? <laughs> Cause I was not expecting <laughs> him to run like a four, six. Like I thought, you know, right. he tested exactly pretty much how I thought that he would. Yeah. I'm really curious if I just did this for the, my, or not Michael Moore. What the heck is our coordinator? Kellen Moore. <laughs> Kellen Moore. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if I just did this for the Kellen Moore tight ends, if Michael Mayer would match up better. Because looking at them, the entire, like we we posted them before, right? The three main tight ends, maybe Witten was in there. And then Michael yeah. Mayer, it looks very, very similar. Uh, I think the Chargers with Tom Telesco have gone after more athletic tight ends than expected. I, and again, I, I said it to you earlier. I did not realize that Virgil Green was so darn athletic. Like he... Yeah. This is like the prototype, like the most athletic guy that they've worked with. 
um, which I was a bit surprised by. And then, of course, just trying to calculate how the hell Donald Parham even exists. Um, 78.375 inches in height and 36-inch arms. Like, just just a completely different individual. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you mentioned, you know, if you're talking about just Kellen Moore tight ends, um, you know, you compile uh, Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, Blake Jarwin, and and Michael mm-hmm. Mayer, then that's probably all extremely similar. But, you yeah, know, this, is, this includes... You know, Jared Cook, who was a pretty freaky athlete. You mentioned uh, Virgil Green. I mean, Trey McKitty's not super good, but he's kind of a freak <laughs> athlete too. Um, Gerald Everett's a, a really solid athlete as well. So um, very interested to see how that really kind of manifests itself in this class because, you know, I, I think Kellen Moore more so values like intelligence, versatility, kind of just like yeah. being super well-rounded at the position, whereas the Chargers have really prioritized athleticism at that position over the last few years. Yeah. And this one is, I think the biggest divergence between like, I feel like, yes, these, these tight ends are good. Like Deck Raccoons, Musgrave, Washington, these are all good tight ends, top tight ends in the class. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like some of these, like this position group, I feel like is going to be like the physical fits won't be the same as who the Chargers will actually prioritize um, overall. Although again, I'd be happy with any of these three guys at different spots. Um, the next two guys after this who are in the fourth tier, you know, Tucker Craft, Luke Schoonmaker, those guys fit too. So a lot of a lot of guys to like of these groups. Yeah, and I mean this tight end class is is just incredibly deep. So uh Chargers have some options. I think you know, we'd be happy with the Chargers going tight end in the first round, but they have they have day two options for sure if they mm-hmm. decide to go elsewhere in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. All right, ready for the one everyone's been waiting for? Yes. Let's talk about one Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, so here we go. The prototype fits at wide receiver. The perfect fits are Andre. I believe it's Yosevash, if I'm listening to YouTube correctly. Then we have Bryce Ford Wheaton. Uh, the, in the great tier, of course, is Jonathan Mingo, who keeps popping up. Yes. Um, and then in the good tier, Michael Wilson, Dontavian Wicks, and Matt Landers. Um, I, I guess this is the most athletic testing does not mean drafted early you know group yeah. of all the four groups because you know i think the earliest guy outside of mingo would be like michael wilson on the consensus board mm. which i think at like 98th and yeah. he's coming off a season ending injury and then he had another season ending injury before that in 2020 um, yeah yeah so not like the the most like this is the most dynamic group even though they're the most physically gifted um, and they certainly fit a certain prototype. Um, I think this is really obviously more about who's not on the list than who's on the list. Although you just had the full Jonathan Mingo experience. Yeah. So feel free to talk about him. Yeah, definitely want to talk about Jonathan Mingo. I was obviously late to the party. You watched him, I want to say like three, four weeks ago. Um, something like that. Something like that. And at that time, he was still kind of in like the like fourth round consensus range. Now he's kind of, you know, vaulted himself up to borderline second early third conversation mm-hmm. on most of the consensus boards so i mean for the chargers man i think he would be a perfect fit because he can the ability that he has that really kind of stands out in this class is that he can get vertical against press and mm-hmm. against cushion so if you watch like jalen hyatt for example like he can absolutely get vertical and torch you against when there's cushion you know off coverage um, but if you have somebody up physical against him like he's gonna struggle and Mingo can do both. I think Jordan Addison is that same kind of conversation as well. Um, you know, Jordan Addison, I think, ran like a 4.49. So he's not super fast, but I think he is faster 
than his 40 time would indicate. So Mingo has the ability because of his size, because of his physical profile and just like how big he is. Like he's 220 pounds. <laughs> like this is <laughs> yeah. in this specific class where there's like 15 receivers who are like sub 180 pounds. Like the size profile of Jonathan Mingo absolutely stands out. And so his ability to get vertical against press, be physical at the catch point, physical after the catch, and then also take the top off the off the defenses, I think is yeah super super valuable in this class so i think there's a ton of untapped potential there mm -hmm. because old miss we've talked about this before it's the most mickey mouse offense <laughs> in this like of any film watching experience i have had because you know tennessee has some nice like play action concepts they sure have some good screen games they have some some really nice over concepts Ole Miss is literally like all Jonathan Mingo does is run straight. Yeah. Run like diagonally <laughs> or some <laughs> screens. Like he runs three routes and it's just really yeah. frustrating because um, I think he has a lot of great, you know, uh, yak potential. You know, I think mm -hmm. you know, he forced like eight missed tackles in the last two years combined or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think he can be, you know, a, a get the ball in his hands kind of player as well as stretching the field vertically. Like a lot of people have said like, oh, the Chargers need a yak guy. Oh, the Chargers need a vertical guy. I think Mingo can do both of those things for the Chargers. And like, he needs to be developed a little bit for sure. But for the Chargers where he doesn't have to be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three right away, it'd be a fantastic fit. You know, him and, and Josh Palmer can, can split wide receiver three duties, if you will. And Palmer can be the wide receiver two if somebody gets injured. But um, Mingo is a ton of fun. I think there's so much untapped potential there. Um, me and you message back and forth. We both love Marvin, me Marvin Mims. And I, I don't know where you ended up with this, but I have Mingo like just a tick behind Marvin Mims. So I, I really like Mingo. I was late to the party, but I would be stoked if the Chargers took him in the second round. Yeah, me too. And I think, you know, push comes to shove, they would take Mingo over Mims if they had them similar grades, of course. Yeah. Um, you have them similarly graded. I have them similarly graded. Um, I think I did end up putting Mingo over Mims because of the just the, the, the translation to the NFL, I think, is potentially more easy to project with someone who has that size and speed profile and everything. Mims is fast. Mims is awesome. I think Mims mm -hmm. is a better college player i think he was a better college player overall um, i think i even have him graded better than, than mingo but with mingo it's about the potential you know when you're ranking these guys it's about where could they end up being and, and mingo could just get there because you know if he had gotten to you know ohio state and he was working with heartline or he worked with any quarterback who could hit you know water falling out of a boat then we're talking about like a top three receiver in this. Like if Mingo yeah. went to Ohio State, he's wide receiver two in this class um, yeah. ahead of Johnson, ahead of Hyatt, ahead of, you know, Flowers. Um, he just wasn't asked to do a ton, didn't have a great quarterback. And so didn't quite make, you know, yeah. the most. I think he made the most of it, but he just couldn't like jump into that first round conversation. But yeah, you know, the tools. I, yeah, absolutely. I think like our composite rankings have him very low, if I am not mistaken. Um I think like 30% of his production from last year was against Vanderbilt. And yep. weirdly enough, like he could have had like another 150 yards in that game. Like <laughs> yeah. the quarterback from uh, Ole Miss missed him on several occasions. And there were, there were other times where like he would get open on the backside and you know, there's no progressions in this Ole Miss offense. So it's like this quarterback yep. is like, this is my first read. I'm going to this, this receiver. Mm -hmm. And so like Mingo, if you really like dive into his film, like there's, there's a lot of like empty yards that he could have had in, in this mm -hmm. offense that just 
to not come to fruition. So um big fan of Mingo. Um, I have not watched a lot of these guys that are on this list. Um, Michael Wilson, I have watched. The injuries concern me. Yeah. Um, but I have not watched Bryce Ford Wheaton, Andre Yos. How did you say it? I think it's Yosevash. Yosevash? Okay. Um, or Matt Landers, Dontavian Wicks either. So, uh, again, the Chargers have a type. We know what that is. Um, yeah. That's what makes the first round so interesting because the two players who we've talked about most commonly mocked to the Chargers zay flowers and jordan addison like you have this color coded right like they're not even in like the like they're below like nothing like <laughs> there's no they color coding <laughs> yeah they're not even the color part um yeah we can jump into that now honestly if you want to start talking about guys at 21 yeah absolutely so um again this is it's such an interesting draft because the chargers are kind of sitting back there at 21 where you know we don't really know what kind of options they're gonna have so um, you know, again, Tyler mentioned perfect fits. You're talking about Will McDonald and Adetimiwa Adabare at 21. That's that's a pretty big reach for both of those players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we can kind of go down this list, but it, you know, Tom Telesco has really made a point to emphasize athleticism in the first round over the last five, six years. I mean, you're talking about Derwin James, Joey Bosa, even Kenneth Murray, like mm-hmm. freak athletes at their positions, and there's just not a lot of that available at 21. No, no, there really isn't. In terms of what the Chargers, it's tough because if they want more of their type, you know, not okay. I didn't include Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson and all these guys sure. on here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they would have been just fine on the testing and whatever. And I'm sure regardless, the Chargers would take them. But, you know, in terms of who the Chargers are projected to have available at 21, it really feels like, you know, if it's not a reach, it's a player that doesn't fit their physical profile. Or if you don't fit your physical profile, or if you do fit that physical profile, it's kind of a reach. You know, the best fits here again: Will McDonald, Adetami, 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 Um, Vaness is the only non-reach, but that kind of depends on who you ask. Um, and then Cansey and Musgrave; those are sort of considered reaches um, to a varying extent. Like I think McDonald can go in the first round. Um, I honestly think Musgrave could, you know, could sneak into the first round. Cansey, it sounds like he is at a kind of just, you know, off and on depending on fit, but they're all kind of reaches. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to look at. Um, someone asked earlier about Quentin Johnston. Johnston, if I pull it up, um, was the next best category, right? So we talked about the three best categories. He's in the fourth one, um, but he actually amazingly brace yourselves. Ran a slower 40 time than the Chargers average at the position over the years. <laughs> um, so he ran a 4.52. The Chargers average is 4.48. Um, so he also ran a slower 10-yard split, the uh, worst short shuttle, and a worse three-cone than yeah, the average his, that they're used to. His three-cone, man. 7.31, uh, for example, uh, Zach Kuntz's three-cone is a 6.87. <laughs> Uh, Luke Musgraves was 7.09. Yeah, so 7.31 is like that's really slow. Class, I, think. <laughs> I think it's like 18th percentile, and I'm surprised it's even that high. Yeah, in this class, it's Puka Nakua and let's see, Justin Shorter. And that's, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think he was slower than everybody else. So, oh, wait, here we go. Cedric Tillman. So, yeah, these guys. Yeah, I, this receiver class, like the more that we garner information, the more tape that we watch, like I just 
I would get under like I would understand why they would take Jordan Addison and I would understand why they would take Zay Flowers, but I just don't think they check enough boxes. Like Jordan Addison has the connections to the coaching staff, obviously with Chris Beatty. A lot of but a lot of people are are pointing that out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how Beatty recruited him to Maryland and then recruited him at, at uh, Pittsburgh, coached him at Pittsburgh. But there's just there's just not enough like athletic profile checking the boxes for me at, at 21. And so it's just, it's going to be so interesting, right? Because this is, we've seen Tom Telesco, Tom Telesco kind of do some non Tom Telesco things recently, but him drafting mm-hmm. Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers would be like an extreme departure from what his pattern has been over the last five, six years. Yeah. I mean, and let's, let's roll through flowers and Addison looking here. And that's again, part of the reason we did this Jordan Addison would be 32.2 pounds lighter than their average at the position. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is a lot. 32, man. <laughs> 32.2 pounds. Uh, Zay Flowers, 21.2 pounds lighter. Um, in terms of height, Jordan Addison, you know, the height's less of an issue there. Uh, about, I'd say, an yeah, inch and a half, I guess. He's 5'11, so it's like close enough. Yeah. Zay Flowers, um, four inches shorter than their average, which is kind of the big one. Uh, the good news is that Zay Flowers runs faster than the average Chargers 40 time. Um, mm-hmm. Addison did not actually. He ran a 4.49. Um, so the only the only thing Addison actually um, tested better than the Chargers average in is in the short shuttle. And he no, not better. He literally didn't even test better than their average. He tested exactly at the 4.19. So technically, I shouldn't really give that to him, but it's fine. I'll, I'll give him the point. Um, but Zay Flowers, um, oh. Also, for those watching the the video, Zay Flowers was missing two testing categories. So hmm. maybe he'd be higher up. But even if he were, he'd be at below average or average um, with those physical categories. So who knows? But yeah, Flowers missing two categories. And that's who they might take. Like They might take one of these receivers that's 21 or 32 pounds lighter than their typical average. And that doesn't mean that doesn't make them, you know, that doesn't make them bad players. It's just, again, like we've been talking about, if that's who you want at 21, convince me that they're actually going to do that. Right. I, I you really can't convince me that they're going to go with Jordan Addison, to be completely honest, because that is such a significant departure. Like, you know, the Chargers, okay, yeah, they traded for Khalil Mack, and that's different than I'm seeing in the Telesco era, but Khalil Mack is literally Brandon Staley's prototype for the position. Mm-hmm. And he tested through the freaking roof. Like him and Joey Bosa, they're two big high-paid edge rushers, tested through the roof in their particular categories. Um, although I think Bosa was like iffy in two of them. I know he hated it, but Telesco loved it because nobody was talking about him. But <laughs> you know, I, I I just don't I I just I don't see it, guys. And that's nothing against the film. Yeah. I think for you and me, they're both, you know, Flowers and Addison are both top four. Uh, receivers i think uh, flowers is my two and addison's my four i believe and i i like addison i really do like addison more than johnson it's just you're trying to go for the projection but i i I don't know man it's tough it's really really tough yeah i mean from a film perspective like zay flowers is my two and i've i've moved addison up to my number three and so Hmm. Like I, I said, I would understand why the Chargers can kind of talk themselves into taking one of these receivers, but I think from an offensive like scheme fit, like sure, you can definitely make an argument for both of those players. But I mean, even like 
Travis Benjamin was was not as light as Jordan Addison. Like, you know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right, right? Like that's Travis yeah. Benjamin was a pound heavier, I think. Yeah, 172. Yeah, Addison was 171. Eddie Royal was 184. Like Tevin Reese is kind of like the outlier of all outliers, but he was right. a, he was a later round pick, but I mean, as much as people kind of make fun of like you know, the physical profile and how much the charters have, uh, you know, pounded that table. Every team does this. Like every team has benchmarks that you have to hit. And, you know, the Packers are notorious for this because they refuse to take receivers who fit like a very specific box. Right. And same with pass rushers. Um, you know, I was messaging back and forth with one of my friends who, who podcast about the Cowboys after the Kellen Moore stuff. And then again, like recently, and like he's saying, like if the if the Cowboys needed a receiver, there's no way they would take Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers because they are so small. And mm-hmm. you know, there's a conversation to be had about like maybe we're kind of transitioning towards like a smaller type of receiver, but at the same time, like that's going to take some multiple drafts for teams like the Chargers and the Cowboys and the Packers to kind of move off of their prototypes. Like this isn't going to be like, hey, like we're just going to start drafting all of these small receivers. Like maybe you get one of these guys and then like three, four years down the road, they take another small guy, but Mm -hmm. you know, Tom Telesco and this staff, and you've pointed this out several times too, like Kellen Moore and his staff with the Cowboys, they have a very specific type of receivers. And while Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers have really legitimately good film, they don't check enough boxes from a physical profile standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that again, like, if they go, hey, the 21st pick, they pick Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Like, I, hey, I'd be happy because those are good yeah. players. But I, I don't really buy it. And then just push comes to shove. If someone, like if, I don't know, Brian Branch is there. If, I mean, if it's B. John Robinson, if it's some other player that we haven't, in a position we haven't talked about here, one of the corners, maybe, who knows? Like, those players are just flat out better. So you just, you just... Am I going to go with a prototype at the position whose grade is as good, if not better? Or am I going to kind of force a wide receiver that's 171 pounds and a complete departure from my entire history? I don't know, man. Yeah, there's there's a lot of smoke about this receiver talk, but we saw the same smoke last year. You know, they they really loved Chris Olave and they really liked Garrett Wilson. I mean, like hard to like those were great prospects, right? Totally. Um, and then they drafted a guard, a guard we were very excited about and continue to be excited about. Um, they could have drafted Christian Watson at 17. They could have drafted, wait, Jahan Dotson was the pick before, right? I believe he was gone. Yeah. Brooks was so available. I they think. could have easily drafted Christian Watson last year who checked way more boxes from a physical standpoint than any of these guys would. So again, we're not saying that this is like impossible, but the chances of, of this regime, you know, taking a small receiver, I just, I just kind of doubt it. So I'm going to kind of wrap this conversation, I guess. There's a lot of Jordan Addison smoke in particular. I think that that is because Tom Telesco is is trying to drive up some trade interest. And again, I think this is is where you're you're talking about the kind of draft outcomes here because you look at who is potentially on this list that's like good, great, perfect fits. It's a lot of players who are in like the 28 to 32, yep. 34, 35 range. And so, hey, Buffalo Bills, like maybe come get this pick because mm-hmm. you can take Jordan Addison because he fits your physical profile or Zay Flowers or, or whatever. So I think this 
the the way that Tom Telesco has has talked about trading down and same with Brandon Staley, I think this is just kind of another thing that maybe kind of lends itself towards suggesting the Chargers will be trading down for the first time in, in the Telesco era. Yeah, they Telesco hinted that it was possible last year, but then I think the Cowboys surprised them by taking Kenyon Green. Or no, sorry, not the Cowboys. The Texans, the Texans surprised them by taking Kenyon Green. And so I, I think it, if you're trying to read between the lines, they were cool with Green or Zion Johnson if they traded back. But because mm-hmm. Green went so early, it's like, okay, well, shoot. We kind of just have Zion now to go with, so we'll stay put. Um, so I, I really think it happens this year. We've heard it. I know it's all smokescreen and stuff, but I don't recall actually hearing both Telesco and the head coach, and in this case, Staley, say that we think the strength of the draft, and there's a lot of good players in the back end of the first round and the beginning of the second round. I don't think we've heard both Telesco and the head coach say that. We've heard them say, hey, yeah, we'll trade. You know, If it's there, we'll trade back. We've heard them say that. Yeah. I don't think we've ever heard them say, we actually feel like one of the strongest parts of the draft is in a particular section of the draft that we're not really in right now. So I really do think that we're going to trade back and I'd love to start trying that mock out because it, it's the it's the best version. Any mock I do where I take the player at 21 and it's a player that doesn't fit really like, okay, I'll take Zay Flowers at 21. It just feels weird because it doesn't feel like A, that they would do it and B, like, yeah, okay, that's it. You know, we're going to take a player that I like, my wide receiver too, your wide receiver too, but it doesn't really fit what the Chargers actually would do with the position. You trade back, and now you go get Will McDonald. You use another third-round pick or a fourth-round pick you know, on a receiver or a running back or whatever it is. Like That just feels more right. Like My favorite versions of these... like I always like trading back, of course, but my favorite versions of these mock drafts this year, more than any year, really does feel like trading back because anytime I do a mock and I can go pick between... Maybe it is Brian Branch that falls. Maybe it's Tommy Adebuare. You know, maybe it's you know BJ Ojolari or something. Maybe it is really Zay Flowers, or maybe it's Jordan Addison. Like taking those guys, but then having another third to take a safety, another fourth to take a running back. I'll I'll take another fifth, like whatever it is. Like it just it feels so much better to trade back and take those guys. So I think twenty one is obviously a you know, they'll see there are players on here. They'd love to see fall to them. Yeah. I think, I think if Van Ness falls to them, I sort of think if Johnson falls to them, if Nolan Smith falls to them, you're going to take them. And I totally get it. But I I think that's just kind of, you know, we'll we'll see, but I I really do think they're going to trade back this year and they have to, they've made like no moves in free agency (laughs) and they have to start accumulating rookie contracts to best support their quarterback contract of the future. So I, I think they trade back this year. You accumulate more guys. I mean, Tom Delesco is three for four on sixth round picks right now, depending on how you look at it. Like, okay, Larry Roundtree hasn't quite worked out, but Nick Neiman's a legit special teams ace for them. Jamari Salary is going to start for you. And Jaw Taylor might also start for you next year. And so far, he technically is the starter for them in the slot. So yeah, like you accumulate any more picks and get another shot at it. I mean, you're feeling pretty good, especially when you have Ryan Ficken, who can really work with these special teams guys. Yeah, 100%. Just to your point about the the lack of roster movement, I mean, Keelan Doss is technically their wide receiver four right now. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, they have Foster Sorrell and Will Clapp and Brendan Hymas as their backup into backup offensive linemen. So this team has a lot of needs from from a depth standpoint. Like, I, like 
they don't need a true like starter. Like I, I think they could upgrade safety for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could upgrade certain spots, tight end for sure. Yeah. But they they more than anything in this class need depth and they need future starters more than immediate starters right now. So mm-hmm. um, that's just where we're at. So Tyler, that was uh, great work, man. I think this was uh, a hit. I hope people enjoyed it as much as I did, you know, kind of reading through some things. So again, if you have a certain question about a prospect who did or did not, you know, fit these profiles, the the whole sheet is is visible to members of our Discord. So make sure and go check that out. Um, it's a great resource as you can, again, not just talk like we focused in on the first round tonight, but this is a great resource because like, if we had done this last year, I think we would have known about like Otito Agonia, uh, at this time last yeah. year. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. there's going to be a lot of like day three players who it's like, Oh, like I didn't think this guy would be a fit. It's probably going to be a, a, a very close, you know, physical profile match, uh, that Tyler has, has, uh, put together through the sheet. Yeah, definitely. Look at this disgusting. I'm gonna try to bring it up for the, the screen. Look at this. Look at this gross sheet I have uh, <laughs> up for all the prototypes and wide receivers and stuff like that. Like it's disgusting. So if you want to look at this disgusting mess, join the Discord. <laughs> it's a disgusting, beautiful mess. So, um, man, Tyler, we're two weeks away. I can't wait to uh, to get to this draft. We're gonna have a ton of great draft coverage this year. We're we're doing it big. We're having some some guests on the show as opposed to just the the usual uh suspects on there which you know it would obviously be fun but you know we're gonna have some guest appearances by uh, a bunch of other writers and podcasters as well it's gonna be a lot of fun can't wait to uh get to that point yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm going to double check that i can take that day off of school Uh, (laughs) we'll see if i don't have to go to class that day Um, i have a 4.0 and i'd love to keep it but at the same time i'd love to be here too so we'll see yeah absolutely so um all right that's gonna do it for us tonight guys thanks everybody for uh tuning in live tonight if you're watching this make sure like the video comment let us know what you think again if you have questions check the discord link subscribe uh if you're listening to this on the audio version uh hopefully you enjoyed this as well make sure leave us a rating review on that side of, uh, of things as well so we really appreciate your support there too so that's gonna do it for us today guys we'll see you guys next time on sunday We're going to rank our corners for for next group. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. We'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.